What you focus on, you become. There's a well-known acronym for focus. And it says this. Follow one course until successful. Follow one course until successful. Who um, would be guilty in this room of following more than one course, um, starting a lot of things and not finishing many? Yeah. So, dare I say it, do we need to refocus? And as Ben explained um, last week on just on his heart of what we would be focusing on. He said, this house will focus on the ministry of Jesus Christ. Based on Colossians 3.2, set your mind on the things that are above, not on earthly things. Our focus is to keep the main thing, the main thing. One of the realities that will occur as we do that will be a divine sense of order that is actually produced in our life. As we focus on Jesus, as we focus on, on the main thing of what Jesus stood for, that focus actually brings a sense of divine order into our own lives. And so um, it's, it's not about self-helps. It's, it's not about self-development. It's actually about focusing on Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith. And as we do that, we get all the help we need. Isn't that awesome? The kingdom of man is pretty much upside down and back to front to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God says that if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you'd be the servant of all. The kingdom of man would say, hey, if you want to arrive, if you want to be great, then kick and bite and scratch and, and at whatever cost you can, climb the ladder. doesn't matter who you step on. But see, the kingdom of God is, is really precious about that stuff. Do unto others as you would like them do to you. Here at our community, we want to focus on the advancement of the kingdom of God, not on the advancement of the kingdom of man. There's enough of that already. Our focus needs to remain on Jesus with the aim to ready his bride. That's us. We are the bride. Learning how to hear and respond to the Holy Spirit. Whether we understand it or not. That's a challenge. Picture Abraham taking Isaac up as a sacrifice. He was obedient. He didn't understand, but he was obedient. And if, if we do that, we will continue to seek his presence and express the very nature of the Holy Spirit. Jesus did only as he saw the Father do. He spoke only what he heard the Father say. John 5.19 The Apostle Paul was another great example. 
He gathered people around him to follow him as he followed Christ. Can you say that? Can you boldly declare, hey, look, I'm a Christian. Um, If you want to learn how to be Christ-like, then follow me. Follow my example as I follow Christ. That is a challenge. I remember um, back in the, the discipleship days of when we ran a, a discipleship house, we had people in our home. Um, we'd been out working. I was in the church bus, sign written with set free all over it. Um, we pulled into a survey because we had to get fuel. There was about five guys in the, in the van at the time. And I was in a hurry to get home. A lady, bless her, Lord, was in front of me um, and she filled her car up and you know how you stand there and you get that last little bit in? I'm sure she did that for 20 minutes. And, And, you know, at this point, I'm starting to, there's things rising in me. She goes in to pay for the fuel, so I thought. No, she does the shopping. She does the shopping and then pays for the fuel and the shopping. And then she meanders out to her car and I'm just fuming. And I I said something really derogative and sarcastic to her of which was very ungodly. I'm not going to repeat what I said. And someone from the back of the bus said, is that how we be Christ-like, Mal? I tell you what, that will, that will awaken you to the responsibility. And we all have it. It only takes a moment for you to lose your focus it only takes a moment for you to lose your focus. And that moment can unravel years and years of good example. So Paul gathered people around him to follow him as he followed Christ because he knew Christ was the well of life. Likewise, our motivation has to be fueled by what we believe the Father is doing and saying through the Holy Spirit And we need to continually be renewing our minds and shifting our thinking back onto Jesus Christ. It's called repentance. If a jet takes off from Brisbane and is flying to LA, it sets its course. If it sets that course and there's side winds, that thing can be blown off and miss LA by hundreds of miles. And so the pilot has to keep adjusting his his route along the way. It's a very good example of what repentance is. We have to continually adjust and bring our thinking into line and, and to keep on track with where God is leading us. Focus. It's so important. That can only happen as we develop in relationship with God and with each other. And we, with each other, are affectionately known as the church. 
the church. That spiritual family, that, that family of God. that should be helping each other so that we are kept, equipped for kingdom life. In this family, God has put people around you. Look around you. Check them out. They might just be the one that actually keeps you on track one day. They might be the one that... Actually, you might be having a really tough time and they might be the one that just get beside you and encourage you. That's how a family should operate. We need supportive relationships if we're going to make it in life. How do I know that? Well, God put Adam in the Garden of Eden. He was there by himself. He did all of this stuff. He named everything. But he was alone. And what did God say? It's not... What's that? Let there be women. And there was. But what did God say before? Let there be women. It's not good. It's not good for man to be alone. And yet Adam was in the perfect environment. It was not good for him to be alone. So we were made to be in relationship. 1 Peter 1.3 in the, the Living Bible says, God has given us the privilege of being born again, so now we are members of God's own family. At that time when we accept Jesus Christ into our heart and we make that decision, I'm going to live for Jesus now. At that point, we are adopted, as, as Sean uh, Arne said this morning. We're adopted into the family of God by a supernatural thing. And we join that family. And so here we are this morning. As a family, we've... We've had an amazing encountering time of the presence of God. I, I wept this morning just at the, that tangible presence of God being just right here. The, the, the sense that I had was, you know what? I'm complete. In this place, in the presence of God, I am complete, lacking nothing. And I, I didn't want to leave. Such a beautiful place. When you're born physically, you become part of the human race. But you don't become part of a local family until somebody takes you home from the hospital. But you can be taken home from the hospital and still be neglected. You only become part of a family when you're actually accepted and loved and engaged in that family. In the same way, you can be part of God's family of believers when we become born again, but you need a local family. 
you need that local expression of where you can share faith, where you can be encouraged. You know, the testimonies shared this morning, fantastic guys. We need, we need to be getting up and sharing those encounters that we have with God, no matter how small they are. I would love it if we had just a, a, a testimony spot somewhere in the service. It doesn't have to be in worship. It can be um, halfway through a preach. If something that that you've been through or, or experienced resonates and you think, gee, I really need to share this because it might encourage someone else. You know, it's we we want to have an open front here, an open pulpit of where people get that opportunity to share of the goodness of God, of what of how they've been encountered through the week. You need a local family. Not only of where you can receive stuff, but where you can contribute. You know, there's an opportunity that exists for us to get involved in in a frontline ministry. Can I encourage you? If you like talking with people, if you like hosting people, Get on the hospitality team and begin to contribute. If you feel awkward, doesn't matter, we'll we'll train you. Okay? Chat's guaranteed. The Christian life is not just a matter of believing, but it includes belonging also. Being an active part of the family so that we're equipped for life. Begs asking the question, doesn't it? What will me being active in a church, local church family, do for me? Well, I believe for one, it's going to help us with focus. I love the fact that the the people that I am surrounded with keep me centered in so many ways in the walk of my faith of where encouragement is given to me correction is given to me that's that's powerful stuff and so many times you know you just can't get that in the world people are happy to to watch you um, make a mistake and, and make a total fool of yourself so that they can ridicule you and, and push you down because it pushes them up. You know, I've been blessed that, that people have come along alongside me and they've said, don't do that. It's not going to go well for you. Do you ever find yourself Focusing on trivial, trivial issues that aren't really important. Another word for that might be worry.
you ever find yourself overlooking the important things in life? Another word for that might be distracted. See, when you're surrounded by people who love you and care for you, they don't want to see you worrying. They don't want to see you distracted. They want to see you with your focus clear. The journey that we've been on in the last couple of months with Edith and, and her cancer has just been, it's been a wonderful time of, of refocusing on what's really important. And yeah, we've, we've made some really good decisions. It's when we begin to cruise through life without a clear focus that we get distracted and worried. But because we're part of this family, it's just like that repentance comes, pulls us back into a clear focus and right perspective in our relationships. It's called accountability. And we need it. And this is, this is often the place where we get it. Not only on a Sunday morning as someone's up here speaking, but in day-to-day -day life, in the different ways and areas of where, of where we connect through the week. Now I know Nola has a, a wonderful expression at PNG Missions. And and she has this opportunity for people to be accepted and loved in the family of God. Unconditional love. It's an example of helping each other out. Because we're meant to help each other face those challenges in life. Life is tough. And the good news is, is that we weren't made to face it on our own. But yet, how many of us do? We don't let people in. We, we, we get guarded, but maybe rightly so, because we've had a bad experience. I want to encourage you this morning to, to let, let people in. And it's, it's one of the most rewarding things that you will ever do. Do you ever get discouraged? One of the antidotes for discouragement is to maybe get around some encouraging people. As it, Again, you, you become like the people that you hang around with. You become what you focus on. If you focus on negativity, guess what? You're going to be negative. But if you focus on being positive and finding the positive avenues in things, you will be positive. Yes. Just like the, the analogy of a campfire. A campfire is made up of logs and coals. You pull one of those logs out or one of those coals out and set it by itself. What does it do? It goes out. That's, that's why we need to be together because we actually spur each other on. We fan the flame in people's lives. 
In Christ, we who are many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. Romans 12, 5. As we were growing up, we did things together as a family. We worked together, we lived together, we played together, laughed together and even cried together and fought together. Ever tried fighting by yourself? Doesn't work. You need someone else, don't you, Graham? <laughs> we as a church are a family, and we're supposed to do that as well. We need to spend time doing those things together, not fighting, but those good things of where we develop and, and enriching relationship. As we do that, it actually develops our faith. And we need to have that reinforced on a regular basis. You've heard the saying, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And so as we stand shoulder to shoulder, we actually stand for something. And in that place of being supported shoulder to shoulder, we're actually protected from falling for anything. And so there's great value in this, in this concept of, of family. Hebrews 6.1 says, Let us go on and become mature in our understanding. So how do you grow and become mature? And understand the, 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 the kingdom life. Well, I believe the first step is that one, we need to encounter God. Because until we encounter God, even, even the Bible may not make much sense to you. Encounter God. And grow in knowledge of His Word. From that knowledge and encounter, we experience the presence of God. And what does that do? It gives us a perspective. It gives us a perspective on life that we can actually begin to see things from God's point of view. And I think that's a massive problem in our world today. We're not looking at things from God's point of view. We're looking at things from a selfish perspective I want my rights when we gain perspective from God's point of view then we actually develop convictions we develop conv convictions beliefs and values that actually affect the way that we carry ourselves We actually have a clear focus on life. We have a clear focus on developing and advancing the kingdom of God. As it is working in us, it outworks into our communities. And you know what? When we have a, a sense of godly character, we just want more. We want more of those good things. We want more of the wisdom. We want more of the knowledge. 
we want more of the ability to be able to walk that out. And it actually, you know, when we, when we do that, we actually begin to discover what our mission is and our ministry. The Bible says that God has made you unique, fearfully and wonderfully made. And so he's given you gifts. There's natural and spiritual gifts that you're good at. Have you ever stopped and noticed that the gifts that we have are actually complementary to each other? Like a, a, a spiritual gift that I have doesn't compete with a natural gift that I possess. They complement each other. The same should happen when we come together as a body of believers. Our gifts complement each other's gifts. There should be no comp competing against each other for recognition or importance. Because we're all important in the body. Celebrate that uniqueness and value and honour each other. He's given you a heart and a passion. Something that just makes you come alive. Excites you. Some of you are good at words, numbers, animals. Maybe some of you are even good with people. Embrace and celebrate your abilities and offer them for the advancement of kingdom life. Maintain clear focus. He's given you abilities. He's given you a personality. Yeah. Some may question that. But he has. And unfortunately, you know, many of us have been criticized or, or shut down in our past. And so the personality that you might be exhibiting is not really the real you because that's been shut down. I believe God wants that to come alive again. We've become afraid to be ourselves. And maybe some of us have been guilty of aspiring to be someone else, someone that we're not. I had a wonderful um, discussion with a, a young gentleman a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, when he first got born again, he, he just went headlong, chased after the, the call of God on his life. He actually used to live with us and he used to practice preaching down in our garage. Felt that he was called to nations to do crusades. And he sort of lost his way a bit. He started to, he, he loved our senior pastor at that time and he shaped his life and he became a mini-me of our senior pastor. 
And then he, he left and, and went to another fellowship and he became another mini-me of who the senior pastor was there. And he's in another place now of where he's become just like the guy that he looks up to. And I said to him, dude, you're a chameleon. You're just blending in with the person that you admire. And I asked him, who are you? Who are you? Where's the real fellow in amongst all of this? The person, the unique person that God made that you can only bring to so many people. And yet you're, you're shaping your life on all of these others. And there's a huge representation that is being missed because you're not being you. And it was amazing. He said, wow, I can see that. For the rest of the conversation, he, he, he sort of tuned out a bit. He was really challenged. And our, our parting words were was that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and reevaluate this now. See, it's that family, that body that when we maintain focus and, and we have that attitude that we want the kingdom of God to advance and every person is important. And so you've got to be you. You can't try and be someone that you're not. You've got to be the person that God has created you to be. There's only one person we should be conforming to, and that's the image of Christ. He's given us experiences, educational, vocational experiences, spiritual experiences, life experiences. We wouldn't have been able to navigate or we, we would have had difficulty navigating what we navigated through just recently if it wasn't for friends who stood by and encouraged us and really gave us some clear direction because they'd experienced it. The right focus on Jesus reveals how we should see and treat others. Whenever you use your talents and your abilities to help, help other people, that's ministry. It's not restricted to pastors or upfront people. Ministry is anything you do when you're using talents or gifts or abilities to help other people. Acts 20.24 20, says, But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course in the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. There's no greater accomplishment in life than to introduce somebody to Jesus. We have that opportunity on a daily basis. And you know, it's, it's not about getting them across the line by mate, say this prayer after me. It's about forming Christ in them so that they can actually experience His goodness. Can you imagine standing 
in worship, just lost in the presence of God. And all of a sudden you realize that there's someone beside you and they're just, they're engaged, lost in the presence of God. But they acknowledge you and just turn to you and say, it's because of you that I'm here. Wouldn't that float your boat? I think that would just be the most amazing thing. And and to return and just worship and and express heartfelt gratitude that you actually had the opportunity to bring someone into the kingdom. And to see them in that same place worshipping. We can't love Jesus sincerely if we don't love his body. 1 John 4.19 says, We love because he first loved us. And I'll finish on this. Here at our community, our focus, we actually want to develop a godly focus in our people. Well, in the Lord's people, not our people. For those who call this their home, their family, We want to develop that clear focus that has Jesus at the center. And when you've got Jesus at the center, you love Jesus and you love what he came for. What did he come for? John 3.16 And you know, for so many of us, we've, we've interpreted this wrong of where we've placed a, an incredible importance on the church. And we've actually interpreted John 3.16 as to say, for God so loved the church that he gave his only begotten son. No. It was for the world that Jesus came. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And John 3.17 just reinforces it because it says he didn't come into the world to condemn the world but that through him the world would be saved. Come on, let's stand. You know, in in maintaining clear focus. Maybe this morning there's there's an aspect that you need to repent in. Maybe your focus has been distracted. Maybe the, the, the fact that you've had incredible worries in your life has pulled you out of clear focus of advancing the kingdom of God. This morning we have an opportunity to get back on track. To again reposition ourselves under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. 
And you know what? That, that begins with surrender. And I wonder if this morning that you would just join with me in surrendering afresh. You know, one of the worldwide demonstrations of surrender is to put your hands up. And as we put our hands up, we're actually acknowledging that we're off the throne and there's someone else on the throne. So Jesus, this morning, we align ourselves. We again align our hearts because we desire your lordship over our lives. We desire that our focus would be crystal clear to the things that you want us to be doing to the person that you want us to be the one that is fearfully and wonderfully made in your image so Jesus we surrender afresh to you this morning and we give you that permission to have your way in our lives You know, this morning, there might be people in here that are saying, you know what, this is the first time I'm doing this. If that's you, then there's a, you need to know that there's a party in heaven that is taking place among the angels right now. Because of your heart to surrender. and put Jesus on the throne of your heart. If you've done that this morning, I would love the opportunity to just pray with you. So if you would see me after the service so that we can just share some love, that would be fantastic. For each one of us, God, I pray now that just your spirit would reside upon our commitment this morning to your Lordship. God, that you would empower us for transformation. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Let's um, put the billy on. If anyone needs any prayer for anything, please don't.